Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Rad Podcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Dawn Show, and I am thrilled to introduce friend of the show and birthday girl Lacey Nelson to the podcast. In fact, she's taking over the reins. She's going to be the host. Thank you, Brandon. You're welcome. Thank you. So what do we got going on today, Lacey? So I'm honored to be here. Everyone, as you know, I've been setting this up for a while. Brandon is just the backbone of this project, and I'm so grateful to you. I have to say that on on air for you. Thank you for doing this with me. Absolutely. So I created this model uh, recently called Connect, Uh, just your average word, Connect. Sitting around finding myself over the last, well, about two years ago is when I really started this journey, uh, finding myself so frustrated and upset with the direction the world was going and finding myself saying all the time they need to fix this what are they doing they need to fix this and then kind of woke up one day and realized that I'm they (laughs) we're all they so who am I waiting for and it kind of sent me on a a new path probably anybody who's followed me on social media for a while could see that path sort of shift and change for me so this model connect uh, really came from how do we continue to fix our world and bridge the gap and bring people together instead of all this division all the time and connect stands for communication openness neutrality nurturing education courage and transparency each one of the letters in the word connect is what we need to do in order to connect so whether that's law enforcement and the community or people or different walks of life, different communities, ethnicities, careers. If we follow that model and each one of those words we both do, it can't be a one side of the coin or the other. We both have to do all of those things in order for us to come together. And it's going to take a lot of work and vulnerability to make those things happen. And, you know, I'll be first to say that it wasn't until recently I started to really be that open and vulnerable self that wall was thick, that brick wall everybody ran into and they tried to get to know me. Uh, you know, I would say, I know a lot of people, but not a lot of people know me. And that's a problem. You know, that's a real problem. How can you make that connection with people if you don't live it and be it? So that is the direction of this podcast. And every time you tune into this podcast, we'll have another guest or guests that are coming to us with some real open and vulnerable in in truths in their own lives and sometimes it's going to be really deep and you might need a tissue box other times we might have a good time and really just learn about uh, other people that we may have never met before or know anything about and so that's where we're going with this podcast and so far brandon every two weeks we're going to do this yeah so tune in uh, members.radradio.com Uh, Pay for the subscription, you guys. I mean, if you haven't already, pay for that subscription because you're going to be able to watch all of these podcasts as well as anything Rad Radio does. If you guys haven't followed Rad Radio, you're missing out. Uh, Some of the funniest people I've ever seen. As a matter of fact, I asked Brandon for some tissue to do this episode, (laughs) and he brings us some toilet paper. (laughs) So it it tells me that there's not a whole lot of crying on your show. Well, when we normally cry on this show, it's usually into our sleeves or, you know, it's it's not that bad where we usually have a a, a tissue box available. So I hope the toilet paper roll will suffice. You know, it'll work. Luckily, we have toilet paper now, so... (laughs) Um, anyway, today, let's just get right into today's conversation. I am so honored to be here with a lifelong friend, Laura Didier. Um, I have known the Didier family my entire life, and we lost touch over the years just because life goes that way. And um, only did we come back together because of today's conversation. Um, I heard what happened and uh, just had to reach back out to them, and I'm glad I did. And so we're going to talk to Laura today, as well as Angela Webb Russell who is a phenomenal woman herself, CEO of an organization called Arrive Alive California. I'm not going to say too much about it because I'm going to let her talk about it, but we're going to talk today about a young man, and we're going to try not to cry. His name is Zach Didier, and I'm going to show this picture on our camera here. Zach Didier um, is not your average kid, 17-year-old, Rockland, UCLA-bound, probably any college you wanted to go to, bound, kid, um, who made a mistake. He made a mistake. You know, when we were kids, and we talked about this before, you know, our mistakes were, you know, sneaking into our parents' whiskey cabinet or smoking a joint and 
grabbing a cigarette or whatever stupid stuff kids do and we can look back and laugh at it and you know be glad that we didn't mess up any bigger than that today's kids are making the same type of rebellious mistake and it's killing them by the thousands and uh, Zach was one of those kids so I'm gonna let Laura talk about Zach you know um, his life and what he was doing and what happened on December 27th 2020 or Thanks, Lacey, and uh, I'm I'm grateful that we've reconnected. I wish it hadn't been in this way. Um, you were uh, your family's so special, you know, to to us, and and you've been an incredible supporter throughout this whole this whole tragedy. So thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to talk about it and continue educating uh, our communities around this. So as you mentioned, Zach was only 17. He was a high school senior at Whitney High School in Rockland. He was doing great. He was a straight-A student. He starred in the school musical. He taught himself how to play piano. He played so beautifully. Um, I have videos that I just, uh, I watch every day just to remind myself of how amazing of a person he was and, and his spirit, you know, still is. He it was COVID lockdowns, and and I knew because he was such a, he was just involved in everything. He was on the track team. He had a girlfriend, and they liked you know going out and doing things. She was a sweetheart, um, and I thought, oh gosh, you know he's such an extrovert, and he's out all the time, um, you know, just to kind of keep an eye on him, you know how how he was doing. And he actually, all things considered, given it was his senior year, he really seemed to be handling all of all of those. Um, disappointments and frustrations as well as you know one could hope so he was really still doing well and it was the holiday break um, of 2020 the first time I noticed anything that seemed a little off was on Christmas day on the 25th of of, um, December and he just seemed more tired um, and kind of grumpy but what teenager isn't tired and grumpy at some point, right. you know? Um, but because he usually had such a, a positive disposition, it, you know, it kind of stood out to me a little bit. Um, even though Zach's dad and I are not married, we always do, did our Christmas mornings together. So I had come to the house and we still had maintained our, our family house. And Chris and I would alternate time at the house just so the kids stay, you know, stay in one location. So I came over and Zach just seemed really tired. And I'm kind of asking Chris, did he sleep, you know, last mm-hmm. night? With, because the kids, you know, with the lockdowns were staying up late, you know, playing video games. They couldn't get together in person. So they'd be on Minecraft. That's what he and his friends would play. And they'd build worlds and they could communicate with each other. So he just kept saying, I just stayed up too late, mom. I'm just tired. I'm like, okay. Um, but I kept, you know, through the day, then the kids and I went over to my parents for dinner. And he just still didn't quite you know, come to his normal like level of, of energy. So when they went back to their dad, I, I called Chris and I said, you know, just see what you think. He just still seems really tired, but all I could think I could, I knew nothing of fentanyl. I knew, you know, I just Mm -hmm. thought he needs to get a better night's sleep. School's going to start, start back up, you know? Um, and so the next day I had to work, I was checking in with Chris through the day. Does he, did he get a good night's sleep? He seemed better today. And Chris said, yeah, yeah, he seems better today, you know, and fine. Well, then the next day on the 27th, um, I got a call from my daughter and our older two kids were at the house with the lockdowns. And she said, mom, you've got to get here right now. I was already planning to come later that day. She said, you need to get here right now at Zach. And she kind of let it slip that he was dead. Um, but of course I started screaming and, and so she kind of tried to she knew I had to drive, you know, so mm-hmm. she was like, no, it's okay, mom, they're, they're working on Zach, just get here right now, just get here right now. But when I showed up, um, I, my stomach just sank, because everybody was outside, and, you know, on the driveway, and I walked up, and Chris just said, our baby's gone, and he had found Zach in his bedroom, um, like, he just laid his head down on his computer keyboard and fell asleep, and, um, you know, there were no, they ruled suicide out immediately. There was no evidence of self-harm. Um, 
There were no drugs in his room. There was just no evidence of why he would be gone mm-hmm. uh, until the coroner came, you know, to, to get him. And um, and that was the first time I heard fentanyl, you know, was when the coroner said, if we, we have to do an autopsy to rule out a heart attack or something natural, but we think we're going to find fentanyl. And I'm like, what the hell is fentanyl? How would my kid get it? What are you telling me right now? And that, you know, we, um, we said goodbye, Zach, at the house before they took him out. And, you know, we, the grief counselors at the house, they were amazing. The people from Placer County have been wonderful. And, um, then we, um, started doing our research, you know, on what was going on and, and in that process, of course, takes five, six weeks to get the toxicology report back. The other information, the health information came back sooner and they said his, he was healthy, you know. So um, we decided we wanted to be public about this because we, um, the reason that Placer County suspected fentanyl was because in 2020, they were seeing this very sharp increase in fentanyl deaths from barely any in 2019 to 24 in 2020 and half of those were people under 25 and you know that's just shocking to to be losing these young people Mm -hmm. but like you say aren't doing things any differently than the rest of us did growing up it's just they can encounter fentanyl i'd like to point that out about zach um and i'm gonna let angela talk about the differences between we talked about this overdose and I don't remember the terminology you used, but I'm going to let you go into that. But I'd like to mention that Zach wasn't a drug addict. Zach wasn't smoking weed. Zach wasn't drinking alcohol. Zach wasn't doing anything bad. And as a matter of fact, it was determined that this was the second time only within 48 hours that he took um, this pill. And and I'd like you to mention, because, you know, we've we've now discussed, you know, Zach did die from fentanyl. Um, How did he get it? did he buy fentanyl? Was he buying fentanyl knowingly? And, you know, where did he get this? Sure. Um, that's all very important distinctions because he was not looking for fentanyl. And, you know, he he hadn't uh, been battling any kind of a substance use disorder um, or, or anything like that. He was a typical high school senior. And he we come to find out afterwards through the investigation that he was probably kind of bored and curious. He had just completed his UC applications. Um, he was getting ready to submit his applications for the Ivy League schools, probably a little, you know, a little anxious. Um, and so he went, he connected with a seller on Snapchat to get what he thought was a prescription pain med- medication. Um, this person was advertising, you know, oxycodone, Percocet, things like that. And so that's what he thought he was getting. And so that, yeah, he had connected the first time with this person on December 24th. Probably that, that pill probably didn't have as much fentanyl. So what we were observing on Christmas was probably a little bit of withdrawal, you know, um, And then, but I wouldn't have known that, you know, he just looked tired, you know, he just seemed tired, but not like, you know, just not, not scary tired, you know, Mm -hmm. just like any of us would have been if we'd stayed up all night playing video games. So, um, and then, yeah. And then he decided to try one more on the 26th and that's the pill that ended his life. Did he buy both pills at the same time or did he buy one and then recontact the guy and go back and get another. It sounds like there were two two times that that okay. they connected. And where did they meet? One of the times was um, at Galleria Mall. Okay, and so that was on film. Yeah. I suspect. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's that's what also helped. It did. Yeah. It, um, fortunately, uh, Zach's there was so much evidence on his phone, and his girlfriend knew the code, so she was able to get it unlocked the next day. Good. So that's where the majority of the evidence came from. And then, of course, subpoenas from Snapchat and and the, the other digital evidence that they could put together. Um, and so when the, you know, our county um, decided there was enough evidence um, for an arrest and he was charged with involuntary manslaughter, two counts of, of selling to a minor. And um, 
as they were getting more information down uh, down the line, they were they were considering additional charges mm-hmm. um, to include murder. But the defendant um, offered to plead no contest to the current charge, you know, the charges that were currently on file. And, you know, that's ultimately a decision for the district attorney's office. But, you know, they definitely consult the victim families to make sure it's something you know everybody's comfortable with that it's that it's lawful that it that it reflects you know the the evidence of the case and and that it's something that all parties you know are comfortable with and and we said um that we were because the thought of going through a murder trial or the thought of going through anything like that just it just sounded like an additional <laughs> trauma you right. know for for all of us to go through and so we we're just sort of grateful to get um this deal and um, the way that the, the penalties add up it actually kind of ironically um, adds up to 17 years. So he got 17 years. Yeah. And that's all. Year old. Yeah. Okay. And I'd like to mention, I don't think it's common. People are getting convicted and getting sentences this, you know, not harsh enough, but fairly harsh. Yeah. It's very uncommon. Right. Um, it's, you know, often there's not enough evidence to, to make um, that that clear connection, but you know, from the sale to the death, mm-hmm. um, and I think because Placer was seeing this sharp rise, because Zach was your typical everyday kid, um, but but mostly it was just because the evidence was there. Obviously, you can't create evidence out of thin air, as Nothing. you know. So, if the evidence hadn't been there, you know, we we would we wouldn't be in this position. So, I'd like to be able to point mm-hmm. out to parents out there. Having your kid's passcode for their phone is so important. I can't stress this enough. Just being in law enforcement myself and being on different, you know, whether it be a homicide or whatever the case may be, if the person has a phone with a lock on it, it's almost like pulling teeth to get into that phone to get evidence. And luckily, our cell phone companies are pretty strict with giving that information out or opening phones. That's good for us, but also bad in these type of instances, because without Zach's girlfriend having known the passcode, there may have been no way to get in that phone almost ever. Absolutely. So, you know, stressing to your kids, hey, I'm not going to go through your phone. But if something happens to you, I need to have access to your phone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, write your passcode down somewhere and keep it safe. That way, you know, as your mom and dad, I can have it if I need it. You know, let's hope that never gets to that. But without that passcode, we may have never been able to get that conviction. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's so hard to balance this. um, You know, it's part, it's a natural part of raising kids that you give them more privacy and freedom as they earn it. And Zach had had really earned it. I mean, he had demonstrated that he would, he made good decisions. He was doing wonderfully, you know, well in his life. And so, you know, you expand those boundaries because at some point, they fly away and you have to, you know, give them that opportunity to, you know, kind of make mistakes, learn, um, you know, try things on. But what I didn't know was to have a conversation with Zach about there are drug dealers on social media. They are targeting young people to groom them for addiction. They are selling things deceptively. You could encounter this this substance that could kill you in minutes. I, I just didn't know any of that. I'm, mm-hmm. I live, you know, in a pretty, you know, sleepy suburb. And this was not something that we had had seen yet. It was, like I say, it was just starting. And I just really um, made, you know, Chris and I jointly made that decision that we're going to share Zach's story. We're going to try to, you know, if not end, at least reduce stigma. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so easy to just when you hear about a drug death to think, oh, it's those people. Oh, it doesn't it won't impact my family. We should have empathy anyway, even if it doesn't impact us directly. We should have empathy and, and try to do things to to make situations better. Mm-hmm. But especially with the way it's happening now, it truly can affect every family. It can. And it is, you know, just through you and the the ad- advocacy work I've done with you. You know, I have a couple hundred parents and family members of fentanyl-related deaths on my Facebook page or social media, folks all over the country I've never met who are around the world educating because they lost their kids, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alex, 14 years old at a skate park. Somebody gave him a, I think it was an Oxy or something, and he was, you know, 14 skateboarding. Let's try it, you know, and killed him. 
you know and so it's it's like you said it's not necessarily drug addict people and here's the deal if you're a drug addict this is for you too absolutely this isn't about putting you in a box and saying you're not worth it because you're worth it you know having a lot of experience working with folks who have been addicted to different substances i've watched many clean their acts up Mm -hmm. get sober get help find their way you know um and they're incredible people i mean some of the biggest advocates that stand shoulder to shoulder with me are people in recovery Correct. that feel they, I mean, they'll say to me, Laura, I had an opportunity. Thank God I wasn't using when this was everywhere because I had an opportunity to get clean, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, they have the most compassion and empathy and, you know, and yeah, and so many people that are in active addiction and struggling with substance use disorder, they're being robbed of a chance to get well. Correct. Mm-hmm. Cause it's taken over. Right. What is it about fentanyl itself that is making it so that that the reason why it's so rampant is it is it low cost when it comes to, to make. is it cheap to make oh, it's cheap to make and it's not plant based okay so plant based there's a harvesting of the poppy and waiting for the seed and the labor and all that that is not the case with fentanyl um, it is chemical it is synthetic it is coming across and with the pill presses that are available online to make um, we're talking ten thousand in a day and you oh. sell them for forty dollars a pop. What's the scary thing is, and going back to what Lacey had just mentioned, is the difference between an addict or a substance abuse disorder um, versus the counterfeit pills, which killed Zach. Mm. He did not go to get high on fill-in-the-blank drug. He went for a pain medication, Percocet. Oxycontin. This is what the drug dealers today are going after our kids and why it's so imperative that we're having this conversation because they are specifically targeting our kids for the future, that potential of getting them hooked. However, there's no chemist. There's no regulation. There's no FDA. There's very little uh, going on with a quality control. So two, was it two milligrams? Yep. Two milligrams. milligrams, We're talking four little pieces of salt could kill you. That is a lethal dose. I'm a a picture person. Let's put this in a picture. Your sweetener for your coffee, little pink package, blue package. That's one gram of fentanyl. That'll kill 500 people. Two two little grams of salt. Exactly. That is a lethal dose. It's unbelievable. And they're putting that in... The fake pills. Exactly. Okay. So you've got, I am going to get my thing together. It's my hair. I, you know, the, the fact is, is it's cheap to make. And I've, I've heard this. It's, well, I, I don't understand. There's so much misconception going on out there of, well, I've heard if, if you touch it, you immediately die. That's a misconception. There's no scientific proof of that. Um, all the way to you have addicts who that's their number one drug of choice versus the two grains of salt. It's a lethal dose. There's so much information for us to wrap our brain around, which I think that is why it's so important for us to be going and educating people on what this really looks like, the dynamic and how it is impacting us. But our my my core whole purpose in life is to get to the kids. You know, as a parent, as a parent, you said we had no idea. But to put it in perspective, this is a whole drug landscape that is new to the scene. You know, the DEA in Arizona in 2015 had zero fake pills. Zero in 2015. Zero. Fast forward seven years. Here we go. In 2021, same area, over 10 million pills. And We're, that's just what they confiscated. And that and that's the thing. You know, DEA, am, am I spinning too yeah, much? <laughs> you know, the DEA made an announcement in December 2021 that it was 22,400,000 pills and 15,000 pounds of fentanyl was confiscated. What does that mean? Every American would die. That's enough lethal doses for every American to die. And the sad thing is, what's the t- statistics of what we're capturing over the border? 10%. So there's 10, t- 10 times more. You got it. Than what yeah. we're catching. You got it. And yeah. 
I'm just going to read some of these numbers, Angela, and I'm going to let you jump into it a little bit. You know, I'm kind of a statistics person, you know, just hearing, you know, okay, two grams of salt, that makes mm-hmm. sense, you know, all these pills enough to kill Americans. Um, let's look at this one. In less than five months, mm. fentanyl deaths in Sacramento County alone nearly doubled. Okay, and then that's five months. The crime lab's percentage of counterfeit pills containing fentanyl increased from 78%, which I'm sorry, that's a lot. Mm. So counterfeit pills are now 99% of the pills being sold on the street. Mm. So if you think you're buying a Percocet or a Xanax or an Oxy, it's now going to contain potentially a lethal dose of fentanyl. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yeah. The DEA estimates in their seizures that of the counterfeit pills that they confiscate, that over 40% of them contain a potentially lethal dose. And I think the thing to also remember with this is that, you know, in the traditional drug landscape, like Angela said, it was plant-based. This is synthetic. So the supply is, is endless. And so in the, in the, in the traditional way of dealing with, with the drug crisis, when you talked about demand reduction, you know, that would be your, you know, educating people about the harms of marijuana or cocaine or that type of thing. The, the, the reason sometimes I hesitate to say demand reduction for what I'm doing with the, um, um, educating kids because they're not demanding fentanyl, right. you know, the, who's demanding fentanyl, the dealers, mm-hmm. the, the dealers, the, the people that are making these pills because it's so cheap, it's printing money for them. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I, I just want to fill in this information gap that mm-hmm. my son fell into yeah. because I feel like if he'd had that information, if I'd had it to give to him, he would have made a different choice. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have understood the real risk, you know, risk that was there. And he, and I, and I don't believe and and my grief sisters, as we call ourselves, mm-hmm. are, you know, these moms who have lost kids to this and young adult, you know, children to this, um, just, just feel like, you know, for so many of them, if they had known mm-hmm. what, you know, was out there and they weren't going to get the real thing, a different choice would have been. Well, I'd like to mention, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, not long after Zach died, you started speaking out about it. And wasn't there a friend that got a pill from the same person at the same time or something to that effect and ended up telling his mom? This may, you might be conflating a couple different stories there. The first time Zach did make a purchase. He, he was with a friend. Okay. Um, and they each tried one and they were fine, okay. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zach decided to try one more and mm-hmm. that was the deadly pill. So that's like why I'm trying to, to tell people you may not get red flags. You know, in the past, if your child got kind of off on the wrong path and an experimentation late led to habitual use or dependency, you'd see, you know, the friend's Change, friend group change, the, the grades slipping, the personality changing, you know, all of that. I had one day of my kid looking tired. That's it. You know, and, and we're not saying parents like jump on your kid when they're tired one day on holiday break, right? right? right. Don't freak them out necessarily, but ask the questions, you know, open the conversation. Hey, you're not in trouble, but did you take something that you're not supposed to? And let me tell you why. Listen mm-hmm. to this podcast. Listen to this story about this young man. Um, and because of you speaking out, I know kids have been saved because I know you've told me that they've come forward to their parents. Hey, I was going to take this, but I didn't. Um, so Angela, what are we, what are we doing here with Arrival Live? Oh my goodness. You know, I think, um, my heart's, heart's passion is to get to the kids where they're at and in their language. Um, you know, as my history um, unfolds is as a crisis counselor, as I was telling you, I, I got to a point of being there as an expert in the aftermath of grief. And I was tired of showing up late on the job because my heart's passion was prevention mm, and getting reaction. to them. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I developed this model. I work with the district attorney's office. I work with the superior courts. I work with subject matter experts. And I bring and coordinate whatever topic is extremely important for these kids and we bring it to these schools middle school high school college and um, the more research I started doing I was meeting with the district attorney's office and they said we need a program and we need it now and in five months as you read the statistics in five months the numbers had doubled 
in Sacramento County alone. Um, so I'm looking through DEA, DEA's report and how are these drug dealers getting to our kids? Let's let's bring it down to reality. And it's alarming. So brace yourself. There is a specific organization. It's called S3. I'm going to plug them. S3 Research that um, has started through a federal grant specifically to identify drug dealers online by removing illicit drugs. And they have reported there are 80 to 90,000 drug dealers online in the last two years. So where are our kids? Social media. You got it. The number one app they sell drugs is Snapchat, Surf, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook Messenger. And we're not talking it's uh, let's go down a dark alley and meet with someone. No, we're meeting at the mall. They're doing home deliveries. It's insane. And that is why it is so important to have your your child's passcode. Um, in, in our home, having any kind of social media access is a privilege, not a right. Um, and my job as mama is to protect you at all costs. And that is what that entails. You know, certain circumstances for certain families, I understand that. But these drug dealers are specifically targeting children, 12, 13, 14 Mm-hmm. teenagers and you know I always think well the scenario based of um, look what 2020 not to keep going back to that but look at that what has we're still living in the ramifications of all the shutdowns especially for teenagers um, and they were prescribed medication going to doctors because of anxiety or uh, depression or anything like this well now the pharmaceuticals or the doctors are starting to pull back these medications mm. But what's happening, the drug dealers are on there. They literally have menus on these sites that you can access. You want a Percocet? You want an Adderall? Like pictures of the you, pills? Literal yes. pictures. Yeah, like a menu. They also, it's mm-hmm. a minor, visualize going to a diner and having a, a literal menu of drug you want. They also have a different aspect is the emojis. There's an emoji for every kind of drug out there. Um, they go into QPRs, hashtags. There's so much activity and these kids understand these are medications. These are prescriptions for what they thought, but they're not. These are counterfeit pills. So it's important for us to, to understand and draw a distinction between there is fentanyl poisoning and fentanyl overdoses. So please explain this because so that, I this had is that misconception this. again. There's so much out there. I mean, even the CDCR right now, their website has two different categories. Um, so the numbers are skewed. They're always delayed. We're just not there yet in the technology round. So we're really playing catch up. But definitely understand a poisoning is based off deceit. Okay. These kids are going to buy a, in their minds, a prescription medication. Maybe they've had experience. Maybe their their friends have given them, you know, something. Something out of mom's cabinet or exactly, something. Exactly, okay. exactly. Um, so in their mind, they are being deceited by these drug dealers because it's fentanyl that's killing them. So they're being poisoned. You got it. Okay. It's fentanyl poisoning. So it's not an overdose in, the, right. term, in the terms of the definition. Yeah, exactly. there's um, the organization that I've been working with is called Song for Charlie, songforcharlie.org, mm-hmm. uh, started by Charlie's parents who lost their son. He was, Charlie was 22, high school senior, doing great. And one day he ordered up through a dealer operating on on Snapchat a couple Xanax and a Percocet and was waiting for a job interview in his, Mm. at his fraternity house. And before that job interview, um, that, that one Percocet pill ended his life. Um, and so Ed, Charlie's father always does this great, um, way to describe it. So if, if I went and got a, a large, you know, bottle of Jack Daniels Mm. and I drank the whole thing, I, I would have overdosed on, Jack Daniels, because the prescribed amount of that is a shot, you know, and right. if I took the whole thing, that would be an overdose. But if I brought that same bottle home and I took the prescribed amount, one shot of it, and I died because it was actually brown water and cyanide, mm-hmm. that would be a poisoning. Right. right. So right. why are we looking at these pills, these deceitful pills, any different than that analogy? Exactly. exactly. If you buy a bottle of vodka, which I'm known to do. Right. We all are on a Friday night on a Friday night. And that vodka has cyanide in it. 
why would anybody be looking at my death as well she shouldn't have been drinking vodka mm-hmm. you know okay buying vodka as an adult is legal mm-hmm. buying a, a percocet from a guy off snapchat not so great not so legal but it it just stands to say that they're not buying fentanyl on purpose mm-hmm, exactly you know? That's what the difference is. That's what, and, and even folks um, who get it through the tainted, uh, you know, cocaine or heroin, if they're not looking for fentanyl, it's the same thing, thing. you know, Mm -hmm. because you're, you're being deceived. And, um, and so whether you're a part of the substance use disorder, you know, community or inactive addiction, and you are poisoned, um, it's no different than, you know, these kids that are getting these deceitful counterfeit pills and dying. So I, I, I try to make sure when I share Zach's story that I, I'm not trying to imply that any, anyone's death is more tragic than the, than another death. Correct. It's right. more that I want to use his story to illustrate why we all need mm-hmm. to give a shit. Right. And you know, right. because Absolutely. it can impact. I can say that, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it's prescription or it's the subscription radio. Yes. But I mean, I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to sugarcoat this. Right. You know, it's like we can talk in circles around it. And meantime, like there are, you know, a dozen more me's created every day Mm. you know we have to talk to each other like you said the connect I love that connect we have to talk to each other what's about what's going on we have to have empathy for each Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. we you know I got when we went public the first time with um, Brian Heap from KCRA came and interviewed us because he really wanted to get this message out. I've just kudos to him for reaching out to us and saying, I have a platform to get this out. My mm-hmm. station supports it. We're going to do it. They ended up turning it into a 30 minute special report. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And, and Lacey, it was actually you, like I didn't even think about not looking at comments, but you wrote a supportive thing and you, and then you said, don't look at the comments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what the hell did I do? You look at the comments. I looked yeah. at some of the comments. I was like, what does she mean? And I looked at some of the comments. And this is not your fault. Right, I'm right. not. But I mean, I I bawled that night. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh, am I tarnishing my son's memory? Our pe- people that don't know us have these horrible ideas about him and, and, his, and his dad and me. And but I just I, I mean, I've armored up like mm-hmm. you won't catch me crying about that bullshit anymore because these people they're not my audience correct if 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 they if that's the way they're gonna look at they don't know me they don't know my kid I'm not gonna let that stop me from sharing this message and I'm at high schools I'm at middle schools I'm talking to kids because they need this information it's not their fault it it could save their life Mm -hmm. and if someone I've never met wants to say something bad like because they're ignorant. Yeah. Well, I'm, I know. hope their kids are listening to you right. so that they don't end up in the same boat. I truly hope that's the case. Yeah. And if they're commenting, if they're taking a moment out of their life to comment, then they're looking and they're reading. And maybe even though they are that keyboard warrior name, that yeah. Pe- yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe yeah. even though they're doing that, maybe they're later, hey, honey, are you playing on Snapchat? So even if they're saying all that, I'd like to think that you still got to them. Mm-hmm. I hope so, because I know. don't I don't want their eyes to be opened by a tragedy in their own family. You know, I don't wish bad on anybody. You know, yes. I, I just want us to all like you said, it, things are so divided and divisive. And I just want all of us talking to each other because this is like Angela said this is a new crisis this Mm -hmm. is nothing we have ever seen before in our country and I shared with you guys earlier uh, a group of us about 75 parents um, grieving parents were invited to the DEA headquarters in DC last month for their first annual they plan to do it every year um, family summit around this crisis and it was wonderful it was families from all across the country sharing our stories, all of us um, that are involved in advocacy in our own way so we could learn from each other and the DEAH, you know, top staff from the administrator, Milgram and Milgram was there, chief of operations, Ray Donovan. They were super accessible to all of us and they said, we all need to work together on this. But the thing that struck me the most, I was sharing this with you guys before, was, you know, these are seasoned DEA people. Mm. And they're talking, you know, I'm having one-on-one conversations with them. And they're like, you know, this is even more than what my job is at DEA. 
this scares the hell out of me as a parent. Yeah. Right. Because I can see that it could be any of our kids here too. Yes, because of the way it's being, you know, being deceptively marketed because of the mental health issues that are, you know, tragically our young demographic is dealing with and just heightened by the pandemic. Right. You know, exactly. so I, uh, but I, we've been able to meet and through my um, work with Song for Charlie get, have gotten connected to, you know, the ONDCP, the Off- Office um, of National Drug Control Policy that's headed up by the drug czar. Um, and, the and SAMHSA, which is mental health and and substance abuse um, agency. So the people, the right people, are are really um, getting involved, listening, listening, yeah. and getting involved. But you know, the wheels of government, the wheels of law—they're slow. They're so mm-hmm. slow. And in the meantime, we've got to do what we're doing. And that you have hit it on the head. This is not. I think this is where. You as the advocate, me and Lacey, as us as a community members coming together, because this is not a red issue. This is not a blue issue. This is a red, white, and blue issue. And we have to come together to protect one another and our kids because it's politics are so driven today and this is where there's that delay well we don't want to talk about where it's coming from is it china is it the southern border yeah those are facts talk to the dea they've got it all for you but it's so public and um they don't want to go there mm-hmm. so we have to as community members mm-hmm. yeah it's exactly. a hard conversation it's and a we have hard. to have it. and yeah. that's why we're doing this yes you, mm-hmm. you know and and like you said there's no blame on this this is no. not a one side of the coin issue or no. another you know and and i have said many times before i think my slogan in entering the world of politics if i choose to do that more so is there are politicians and then there are people who happen to work in politics mm. and us people and there are many of them that i've met who have that title of politician Mm -hmm. are just people who are working in the field of politics to make positive and good changes however Mm -hmm. they see fit and if you're somebody out there that is not liking what's happening in our world whatever that looks like whether that's the right to equality or you know recent things on the the news that we've seen that aren't making people happy and and rights being taken away from folks then get up educate yourself and come out here and do this with us mm-hmm. run for something um stand with a sign somewhere be respectful about it but exercise your first amendment right i'm all about it mm-hmm. um, as law enforcement i would stand next to you and protect you and make sure that you're protected in doing that because that is your constitutional right and i'm a patriot mm-hmm. um, whether i agree with you or not i don't care exactly yeah. um we and- don't have to agree on absolutely anything in order to be respectful and kind to each other as a matter of fact educate me if i don't agree with you Mm -hmm. tell me tell me the reasons why you believe you feel this way and i'll tell you why i feel this way maybe we can come to some middle ground Mm -hmm. maybe we can't but at the end of the day i'm going to shake your hand and say go forth and conquer Mm -hmm. and good luck Mm -hmm. you know um i support you because if you have something that you're passionate about and that you're standing up to do to potentially help other people good for you stop being jerks to each other get out here and talk to one another don't be so mean to each other on social media Uh, aside from this fentanyl issue where these kids are getting these pills because they need to relax talk about these kids killing themselves because of social uh, media bullying Mm -hmm. and you know adults saying horrible things about them let's stop that stuff and try to come together we're not going to fix the world you know i'm not i'm not um a bleeding heart liberal so to speak i hate that term because there's parts of me that are very liberal but i'm not this person that thinks oh the world's going to be rainbows and butterflies tomorrow as long as i start talking Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen there's always going to be crime there's always going to be bad things and bad people and bad tragic situations always going to happen but why can't we try to come together to minimize that Mm -hmm. at the very least support one another through the tragedies and learn and learn learn correct you know Uh, and and to the naysayers out there who who I get all the time, I get messages all the time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, you, you know, you just, you're trying too hard or, you know, you've made mistakes and you're not better than anyone else. And, and I and I get these messages and you're absolutely correct. I have made a lot of mistakes, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done things and supported people where I was absolutely wrong in supporting them. They've embarrassed me and I've embarrassed myself. But I'm okay saying that. I'm accountable to my mm-hmm. actions, right. Right. the yeah. things that I've said and done. I've made my mistakes. 
And now instead of continuing to make those same mistakes, I'm going to come out here and try to make things better, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, and own my mistakes. I'm a human being just like anyone else, just like Zach, just like mm-hmm. all these kids that are taking these pills, just like the people who are actually addicted to narcotics. Yeah. I pray for you. I hope you can get some help. I hope that if you're using heroin and meth and fentanyl on a regular daily basis by choice, that you listen to this and realize that what you could use today could kill you. And most drug addicts that I encounter at my line of work don't want to die. Mm-hmm. They don't want to die. They hate what they're, what's happening to their life. They wish they could turn back the hands of time. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, turn back the hands of time or not. Today, right now, is a new choice. Mm-hmm. Y- you can still turn this around. You can be 50 years old and have been using for 30 years. Well, guess what? You're not dead yet. Yeah. So why not today be the day that you get clean and sober and come back and find me and I've, I've told people this on the street, get yourself two years clean and sober, find me online and we'll do, we'll do something together. We'll go yeah. speak together. We'll work together. We'll go back and talk at the jails to the mm-hmm. inmates together. They're going to listen to you before they listen to me. Cause I haven't been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why we're doing, you've been there. Mm-hmm. You've been there. You guys have been there. So you're their parents are going to listen to you, Laura. That's why you're here. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to yeah. do. And you know, like you said, we all make mistakes. If, if, Make if living a mistake free life was a prerequisite for speaking out, nobody could speak out. Correct. And we all have made mistakes, and hopefully, we learn from them, we grow, we create empathy in ourselves for other people that we see mm-hmm. that are struggling with things. Um, it, it's just it's it's a beautiful thing when learning and growing is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful part of our human experience. Yes, I wish that my son would have, you know, had an opportunity to have learned from this and moved on. Instead Fentanyl of robbed him yeah. of that. And that's why just the stakes are so high. They are high. You know, in this realm, they're, they're so high. And, and we just need to, like you were saying, talk with each other, not at each other. That's right. right. We know. talk together. Not, yeah, exactly. Not at or down mm-hmm. on one another. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all humans. Like I said, we're going to all make mistakes and mess up. Fantastic. So let's talk to each other about how not to do those same things, you know, and, and just because I'm on this venture and we're on this venture together, doesn't mean that we're not going to make a mistake today or tomorrow because we're still people. So it's still going to happen, you know, so stop being so mean to each other. Stop coming down on each other and saying these kids deserved it because they bought a pill or, you know, it happened because they did this or, you know, stop with that. You Mm -hmm. know, you're not perfect either. So Mm -hmm. let's, like you said, talk together. Yeah. I'd like to mention Angela, before we're done with today, if schools would like your program to come in, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. This is a scenario-based okay. All right. education Yes. in the school. You did this with DUIs for a long time, and now that fentanyl has taken over. Right. We're, we're still doing the DUIs, but that's not the main focus at this point right now. It's the fentanyl with a district attorney's office. We're also working with the crime lab. So the kids are able to see a reality-based, evidence-based program that it's action-packed. We will take care of every fine detail from um, hiring a audiovisual visual crew um, to bringing in and coordinating all the subject matter experts from the district attorney's office, crime lab, law enforcement, drug recognition expert, a judge, and then a healthcare professional, a doctor, to come in and talk to these kids. And there is definitely a uh, method behind the madness that we do. It's very fast-paced. Um, but we can capture the tension of the kids. We're talking in their language. It's not a death by PowerPoint, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's not a lecture. So these kids are learning about these different positions and about the subject. Okay, fentanyl. so they could potentially say, oh my gosh, I didn't know that position existed in the world. I oh, want to be this or that. It's you know, a two-fold assembly, okay. you know? Um, they're learning about professionals. They're learning about professions that they might not have been able to um, even fathom before and um all of the professionals and subject matter experts are they know how to talk to kids yes um so that's great right there in in and of itself um but they are bringing a message a life-saving message of prevention and getting them to think outside the box and before i end with that this is free for the schools Um, We will take care of all of the costs associated. There is no fee for the school. The the biggest thing they have to worry about is what's your date? Give me a date and I'll schedule it with everybody and handle everything. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because post-COVID, these kids want something to do. 
they want right. some type of entertainment. Oh, goodness. So this is like a Universal Studios exciting. But it's real. It's, it's not re- these fake, let's yes. do a what if scenario here on the school. It's not. This We're- is real life. And you know what? I think the kids and the generation these days, they want that. They don't want to have any kind of, uh, is that really true what they're telling me here? Because you know what? They're just going to Google it. Kids are smart. They're smart. They don't want to be be accurate. They're going to figure it out. Exactly. Angela, what area of schools are you primarily working with? Sacramento County is the heart right now. Um, I won't turn down any school. Hmm. You contact me. I'll give you my cell phone. You can contact me on my website. We will go to middle school, high school, colleges. We will do assemblies. We'll do classroom. We have three different formats, live assembly. We actually have one um, on August 29th in Elk Grove at one of the high schools, and we're expecting 3,000 students. Parents are welcome. It is going to be powerful. Media will be out there, and that's the kickoff for this year. Um, we'll we, be there. I'll yes, be there you will. You. Yes, you will. And I so will we'll be there. Three of us will be you there. can see us mm-hmm. again in action. Um, and you know what? This is the kickoff. But if if the school says no, we just want a classroom version, working with Song for Charlie and using the material, we're all teaming up together because we know how powerful this is for these kids. So it can go big and go small. We can go big. We can go small. Okay. I'll do parent workshops. That's what I was going to end with. Is you know the parent workshops I've done in the past for other. Um, destructive measures to save these kids is my number one question is um, what's our job as a as a parent is keep them alive until they're 25 25 that is when the prefrontal cortex is fully developed these kids by science and nature their brains are not fully developed and the last part of their brain to be developed is reasoning its consequences Mm -hmm. so as parents it is our job to find out what's going on and to educate them over and over and over again. And right now, my goal is to get to the parents too, because a lot of these parents have no clue. So and that's what like we're gonna do. Myself, yes. I had no, no clue. clue. The fentanyl pills were new out here. You know, it was not something with the big awareness that we have now. You know, I try to remi- remind people that when I lost Zach, when I Googled this stuff, there wasn't much. There, there wasn't much that I came up. You and right. I there just wasn't much that came up. Fortunately, I found out about Song for Charlie through watching the Today Show, because mm-hmm. we had just literally days before we'd gotten the toxicology confirmation. Chris and I had sat down. How do we want to go public with this? You know, we'll, we'll probably right. post something on Facebook. And I just happened to be watching the Today Show when Dr. Laura Berman and her family went public with their son's death. And then Ed and Mary from Song for Charlie were also interviewed on that as kind of subject matter experts since they had lost Charlie. I wrote that down. I wrote down Song for Charlie. And I told Chris, I said, that this is how I'm going to go public. I'm going to link this story because it describes exactly what happened to Zach. And I think Chris did the same thing and shared the story. And then um, through mutual friends, you know, this is mm-hmm. one of the good thing, you know, yes, one of the good so things about social right? media yeah. is um, because Charlie's dad, Ed, grew up in Davis. He went to Jesuit high school, actually. Mm-hmm. So he, we had mutual friends in this area. So at the exa- I mean, this is a divine, a divine thing. We feel like this is a Charlie and Zach thing mm-hmm. that... Um, I was literally on their contact page typing my story to Ed and Mary when my phone beeps and they had found me on Facebook Messenger. And, they messaged you. and it was literally the exact same second. And I so I messaged him back and I said, I can't believe you're messaging me right now. I'm on your website reaching mm-hmm. out to you. He's like, Do you have time for a phone call? I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were on the phone for like an hour that night getting, you know, and and he they really just kind of got me up to speed on what this problem is because I'm like, I can't really find information on this. And, and that was two years ago. 18 and months. 18 yeah. months ago and we couldn't find any information. And now look at all now these Now look at the stats. Now look at yeah. where we're at. And that's, so, yeah, that's me, why do we do favor. this. Yes. What's your website? www.arrivealiveca.com Okay, so I'll put that. We're going to link that. arrivealiveca.com and you have stats on there. You have information on how to get a hold of you, yes. your organization. If you are a member of a school, you run a school, you're part of a school, you're you a want parent, this. you're a student. Yeah. Scout it doesn't troops. Matter. Yeah. Scout We're going to be at Zach's Scout Troop next week. Okay. Church groups. I don't 
care. So, if you want a parent meeting, if you want it for the students, if you want it middle school, high school, college, it doesn't matter to get this information out. We are coming together as a community yes. and we'll go. If it's live, we'll do Zoom, we'll do virtual, we'll do classroom. However you want, we will get it done. So it's, we're going to yeah. do this. So arrivalliveca.com. Um, make sure you check that out. If you work for the state in some form or capacity and you understand state grants or you have an opportunity for Angela to get a grant to continue this program, reach out to her as well. It's not cheap to run these programs in a school that large, thousands of dollars to do a one-day program, and it's all free for the school. Um, and so if you have we're a non-profit organization, 501-3C. Uh, yeah, so please, we, we'll do donations. Yep. Um, if that would be wonderful. If you're blessed and wealthy and you want to pitch in some money to this organization to save our kids, let us know. Um, and we'll make that happen. And mm -hmm. just thank you. Um, mm -hmm. So do we have a question? Yeah, well, I was, I was just going to point out how eye-opening it is that Snapchat is one of these primary um sources for dealers to reach kids and, and ultimately deal I, I that was i that was new knowledge to mm -hmm. me um, but courtney just wrote in and apparently we're, this is this is this is a great thing what we're doing because i think a lot of parents might not be aware of that either mm -hmm. uh, but courtney says that she uh, she says thank you for doing this i can't wait to share this with my stepdaughter when she gets back to us she was dealing with dark depression and learned how to cut herself on tiktok mm -hmm. at her mom's oh. which i don't allow her with when she's with uh, her dad and i I keep up with her and what's what she's doing on on the internet and YouTube and whatnot, and I found her searching how to kill herself, mm. and then I found her cutting. Her dad and I got her the help she needed, and we helped her with what has caused her to feel the way she does. We allow her to feel her feelings towards her mom, and I'm so scared to allow her to be on social media and have a phone, but I'm the stepmom, even though I'm the one that raises her 85% of the time. Mm. Um, and she, she, she goes on to say that, that there's... There's other than being a helicopter parent and completely taking away technology. Like, what are the what are some ways that some parents can can keep tabs on this? You know, in law being in law enforcement, um, talking to your kids and being transparent, like you said, these kids are listening to our honest truths. Mm -hmm. There, you can't beat around the bush with them. When I deal with kids at work, it's in your face truths. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what the real world looks like. You want to be a big boy or a big girl, I'm going to treat you like one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you want to have your phone, then you have to act mature and responsible because having this phone um, isn't a right. It's a privilege. I pay for it. It belongs to me. I'm just letting you use it. So let's get that out on the table. And with that being said, my mom raised me, she grew up in the 70s, mm -hmm. right? She was, I love my mom. She's a hippie from the 70s, you know? <laughs> Love you, mom. And the way that she raised me was all honest to God truths. This yeah. is what I did when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. I almost died. I used drugs and mm -hmm. I want you to be better. And here is what's happening in the world. So as much as the conversation might be difficult, the birds and the bees and the drugs and all this kind of stuff, um, having that real down to earth, honest conversation with your child and showing them things that are online, like the fentanyl stuff, people hurting themselves online. This is the reality. If you die, that's it. It uh, You don't come back. This is permanent. You know, and, and just to, Courtney, if you're going to show this video to your mm -hmm. stepdaughter, uh, first of all, being a step-parent I think is pretty special because you choose to love that child when you don't have to. So it's, it's an important role. Um, so don't discount that role in her life. 85% um, of the time or, or five, you, you choose to love her. And if she's listening, I have been there as a kid. Um, suicidal, suffered with anxiety and depression, you know, um, considered killing myself. My aunt committed suicide at 31 years old, shot herself because of depression. And young lady, if you're listening, you're worth it. You're beautiful. It brings a tear to my eye because she's a kid. <laughs> you're a kid, sweetheart. And life is, is, there's so many amazing things out here in the world to do. And your depression for your whole life will run in waves like a roller coaster. So some days you'll feel great. Other days you won't. On those days when you're really, really dark, remember that the next day could be really bright. It could take two weeks to get to that bright place again, but you'll find it. And you need to find something that you love that's important to you. For me, I play guitar. I sing. I do music. Um, I go to the gym. That's fun for me. I play video games, too. My PS4, and I just zone out the world. So, sweetheart, whatever's important to you that, that you love, do that. Stop cutting yourself because you're beautiful and you don't want to ruin your pretty skin. And if you ever want to come out and do some of these events with us, mm. 
or you want to meet with me um, and see a patrol car or come see law enforcement or whatever, I'll take you personally. So, um, Courtney, thanks for the email. If you go to my uh, Facebook, Lacey Nelson, or Instagram, or LaceyNelson.com, you can send me an email, Courtney, and you and I can connect on a personal level. Lacey at LaceyNelson.com is my email. Uh, Lacey with the E, L-A-C-E-Y, at LaceyNelson.com. Send me an email, and we'll connect on a personal level. We'll talk um, to your stepdaughter. I'd love to meet her. So, um, again, ArrivalLifeCA.com, Laura Didier on uh, social media, and SongForCharlie.org. Yes, SongForCharlie.org. Great resources yes, on there that yes. are free as well. Great explainer videos. If you do nothing else, go to SongForCharlie.org. Go under the video resources. There is a four-minute video on this problem, why the pills are everywhere, how our kids are being targeted, um, why it's such a deadly problem, and what we can do about it. Yeah. Okay. Find mm-hmm. us on social media, folks. Um, I just started my first TikTok Lord save me. I still don't know what I'm doing. You gave in. I gave in to the TikTok. She's so. going to be doing dances here soon. Yeah, Watch I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. do dances. I have no shame. If we're in Walmart together, hey. I'm embarrassing you. Um, so find find us on social media. Send me a friend request or, or like the page. Follow the information. Folks, today um, mm. is about Zach. Yes. I'm going to show you his picture one more time. This handsome. I have one too. Young man. He's been... I don't know if that's the camera. Is that yep, the camera? You got it. That's uh, that's Zach today. We did that yeah. for you, Zach. Uh, for the hundreds of parents on my Facebook page and beyond in the country who have lost their beautiful children um, to this awful and deadly thing called fentanyl or, f- quite frankly, any other drug death, um, mm-hmm. even if your child or you suffers from drug addiction and you're using every day, please reach out, get some help, contact us. We're praying for you. We love you. We don't have to know you to love you. You're a human being and you need some help. And uh, we've got your back. So get the help you need. Um, and we can't wait to see you on the next podcast. August 5th is a Friday. It's two weeks from today, 11 a.m., same time, same place. You guys will not want to miss my next guest. Um, she's an incredible leader in Sacramento County who's got some stories to tell about her time at the deputy as a deputy district attorney in Sacramento County. She's retired and ready to tell all. So I can't wait to bring her to you in two weeks. Um, Again, thanks for tuning in. Connect with each other, talk to each other, and go forth and have a great day. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Lacey.